What up, what up? Welcome to episode four of the Michigan football series on the Galati Pod. I'm your host, Sean Galati, joined by Samir DaCosta. Hey, hey, back for the fourth time. Back for the fourth time. We're here to talk about some more Michigan football, What the, give the people what they want. And uh, yeah, so we just finished up week three. This is week four of the pod. We just finished up week three against Southern Methodist. Heading into Big Ten season. Heading into Big Ten season. Preseason's over. You got to come out of the preseason winless, but we did not. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. We played a tough Notre Dame team. We played a tough Notre Dame team. Um, so yeah, so week three in the Bucks. Michigan came out with a win, which is... Obviously, what we wanted and expected, expected against uh, Southern Methodist. Maybe That's not right. as pretty as the Week 2 win against Western Michigan. That's right. But win's a win. A win is a win, as we like to say on the Galati Pod. Especially after what happened in the Big Ten last week. Especially what happened with the L's across the board <laughs> in the Big Ten. It reminded me of uh, in Michigan playing in the bowl season where every Big Ten team got a W <laughs> and Michigan just like got that L. Kind of the opposite. I know some Big Ten teams won, but... Felt nice that Michigan got that win. Other Big Ten teams were just like flopping everywhere. That's true. Maybe the tides are turning. Hopefully. Hopefully. All right, let's just jump right into the pod, talk about a recap of the game. Well, before we get into the recap of the game, just where we were watching the game, we already told you guys last week, we're sending our own people to the games. I was at the game week two. Samir went to the game week three. Nobody wants to care. Nobody cares about what I did week two, week three, (laughs) because I wasn't there. But Samir was there. I was at the game. Shout out to Roger Zakoff for hooking me up with tickets. We had a bachelor party. Dedicated friend of the pod, Roger. Yeah, so we were at a bachelor party this weekend for one of my good friends. Um, Rented a house. um, Just, you know, kind of partied up for the weekend. On Saturday, we just got up, started tailgating right at the crack of dawn, Um, you know, then headed to uh, State Street. Um, Wasn't as much partying as I expected. I mean, I know it was SMU, kind of a hot day, but back in my day, 2007, 2011, there would be just parties up and down State Street starting at 9 a.m. This was not the case. So we went to, I can't remember the name of the bar, but it used to be where uh, Packard Pub used to be. Shout out Packer Pub, Dollar. <laughs> Whatever bar is there, Dollar Long Necks on Thursdays when I was in college. There's been like five <laughs> different bars over there now. Yeah. Uh, so we chilled there for a while and headed into the game. Uh, yeah, it was a hot day, but it was a great day for a Michigan win. Nice. Uh, one thing about the stadium that I love that I haven't seen, they switched to those blue end zones. Hell and yeah. honestly, I thought it looked sick. They look dope. I saw it last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't talk about it yet, but yeah, it looks good. And especially when those guys get in the end zone, it, it's oh, like yeah. a nice backdrop yeah, on the yeah. television screen, too. I know. So, yeah, shout out to that change. Yeah. That's an awesome, awesome change. Yeah. And I, Michigan fans are usually traditionalists, too. So it's always a risk when you do those types of things sure. that some old grumpy man, yeah. maybe one of us, is yeah. you know, when we, about it. I know everyone last year when we played Florida, they loved those like yellow jerseys. And I was like, I don't know if I like these. I like those. I was like, you know, one of those grumpy old men. <laughs> but like these blue end zones, man, they look tight. Yeah, they look tight, especially because we've seen it before in the Rose Bowl. Oh, like, yeah, that's what for sure. Yeah, so it's nothing like too out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's jump right into the game. What'd you think? I mean, it started um, off rough. Started off rough. Um, yeah, it just, you know, we couldn't move the ball in the beginning. Uh, part of that probably has to do with Kron Higdon being out. Uh, yeah, that didn't You know, help. he's our lead back. It was, like, interesting because, like, he walked out for the... Uh, warm-ups? For the warm-ups, and he, then he That's walked the out for the coin saying. toss, too. 
So, you know, immediately when he didn't start, you knew that there was something wrong. I mean, if he was suspended, I'm assuming he wouldn't have walked out for the coin toss just because, you know, Harbaugh discipline. But, you know, I was like, oh, man, something's wrong. Um, Offense wasn't clicking in the beginning. But, you know, the good thing was since the run game wasn't working, we had to kind of air it out. And I think this was like a coming out party for Shea. I mean, obviously last week it was good, but he was really good this week. And then obviously – DPJ, just three touchdowns. Just shout out to just DPJ. Man, this game. Dedicated follower of the pod. Yeah, for and sure. Dedi- Most likely. <laughs> <laughs> and just, man, I mean, we we were predicting last week uh, who would put up t- t- the touchdowns, touchdowns this year. Yeah. And we everyone, including the people on the team and us, was projecting Nico to win. But yeah. now DPJ has a four to one lead in terms I of know. touchdown receptions over Nico. And DPJ was always like the better athlete. But right. It was just like interesting to see how he's transitioning into like that, you know, bona fide wide receiver number one target. Right. And those catches, I mean, he got open on a couple of them. The one on the left sideline, wide open. He caught the ball. Nothing big there. His deep ball, wide open. Perfect. Caught the ball. Nothing there. But the one that Shade threw him in the end zone, shout out to DPJ. That was oh, a yeah. display of ball skills that we have not yet seen from him. And that was awesome to see. Right. That, I think, I'm pretty sure that was like a back shoulder throw. And like, exactly. He the throw it. was exactly. And yeah, shout out to like Shade for making that. I mean, when was the last time a Michigan quarterback threw like a back shoulder fade for a touchdown? And like was successful. I mean, it has. I'm like, I'm not exaggerating. It has to be like years. <laughs> <laughs> True. Let's have a moment of just thankfulness. I know that Shay is the quarterback. Shay, thank you for coming to Michigan. This is making our lives a lot better. <laughs> We're not so dependent on a run game. We can actually put some points on, on the, the board. board. Obviously, yeah. we had a couple of cupcake opponents, but. I mean, the offense is moving down the field. Right. Shea looks really good. He's batting above 70% every single game. Even in the Notre Dame game, right. yeah. he's throwing above 70, which is just, just amazing. flat out awesome. Yeah, I think for the Notre Dame game, he was at like 66.7. But like, Okay, cons- called out on my own pod. Well, I mean, like, just considering how bad the offensive line played that game, I mean, right. that was like a really good percentage. Yeah, exactly. All right, what else happened in the game? All right, we got to talk about Josh Metellus. He had... Yet another penalty. I was already texting my friends when he, when it happened. Man, Josh Mattelis is literally averaging a flag plus a game because he got more later in the game. Right. And then instantly, next play, shut us all up right before the half. I know. And had an absolute monster, monster return. Yeah. It was it, like that's not an easy return to make. There's obviously no more time left in the half of your offense yeah. to put up points. And he got all the way to the end zone, 70-plus yard return. And that was really impressive. Yeah. So, like, the impressive part was, so when he was, like, running down the sideline, there was a part where, like, I was yelling, like, get out of bounds, get out of bounds. It was like, <laughs> the clock was ticking down. Oh, right. But then he cut it back inside, and, like, I, so I, was, I looked at that again, and it looked like when he crossed the end zone, there was, like, actually one second left. But, like, the clock did run out, right. like, on the scoreboard. So I don't know if they could have gone back and reviewed it or, like, what the protocol would have been. But, like, for him to make that cutback... Oh, my God. That was just like – it, like, lit the stadium up. And if you look at that play, there's a true freshman. His name's Aiden Hutchinson, who delivers this ridiculous Monster block. block. <laughs> Dude, that play in itself made me just appreciate – you love those effort plays, oh, when, yeah. especially from the young dudes, mm-hmm. when they're just yeah. – man, they're putting yeah. it out for the team, blocks down the field, yeah. especially for 
That's a long return. Oh, yeah. These defensive guys are not used to running down and the field like that. They're not skill position there. players, obviously. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, like, it's funny that he got that touchdown because he got P- – I, th- I believe it was a P.I. call to play right before. And I'll be honest, that was not a P.I. Like, it just did yeah, not, not look like a P.I. Although, um, if, we're, <laughs> if we're in a segment just on Josh Metellus, though, there was that other play later in the game when – uh, they threw the touchdown pass right over him, and he just did not turn his head around. It was like those yeah. are like the bonehead dumb plays when when a, when the receiver you're guarding is just jumping up for a ball. Mm-hmm. Turn your head around, right? Like, that is, and you have a scoreboard right in front of you with a TV that the guy's jumping right on you. Kind of like, come on. Yeah, Our defense did not have their finest performance. Not their finest performance. Let's stick with the defense. Talk about one other dude who did not have a fine moment. Khalid Hudson. Rejected from the game for targeting in even more brutal fashion right at the start of the second half. So now he misses the next half next week going right. into Big Ten season. That was just what do, what do you think about those targeting calls? Did you think it was targeting? So I mean it was like it was targeting, like the sense of targeting, like he By the book. Right, by the book. He like I I mean, I just I don't really know. Like we looked it up when it happened and it seemed like it was targeting. But like what are you supposed to do? When, you know, it wasn't a passing play, it was a running play. I'm assuming Kalik's trying to get leverage and then go up on the guy. So, like, I mean, like, yeah, it sucks. It is targeting. You're trying to get those, like, helmet-to-helmet hits out of the game. But, you know, with a lot of these, like, targeting calls, like, sometimes it's just like, what are you supposed to do? We can see the play in that really slow motion. But if you're looking at play, like, as a bang-bang play, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it was targeting. It sucks that he's out. It's fine that it's probably, I mean, it's Nebraska who probably can't do anything. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, so I totally agree with the part that by the book, hitting with the crown of the helmet, he did that. He That is technically targeting. But you know how people have those blind taste tests, like, is this Coke? Is this yeah. Pepsi? I feel like if I showed a dedicated college football fan here are some plays. Tell me which ones are targeting. Tell me which right. ones are not targeting. You would get those wrong so yeah. much of the time. You just, just, like, if you give it to like 10 fans, they, you'd get like so much variation. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're throwing the flag on what they decide is targeting and what, they, what the refs decide upstairs to go back and what they want to review. It seems so random yeah. to me. And not consistent, and it's tough for me to make a like a yeah. Well, you know, at least thank God it's against Nebraska, not thank God it's against Nebraska or something. But actually, let's talk about something else on the defensive side. We got so many defensive pass interference penalties. Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, some of them were legit. But some of them were legit. I I believe these refs were like from SMU's conference, like Conference (laughs) USA. I mean, it just I don't know if I want to say they were in over their heads, but man, (laughs) some of them were just. Some of the calls, you're just like scratching your head, right. you know, like you're just like, what are they looking at? Right. It, but I mean, it was kind of funny because like, you know, there was no point in that game where we thought we we're going to lose. Like a couple of people in front of us were like streaming like the Wisconsin game because that was like more interesting as like what was going on in the field. Because especially in the third quarter, it seems like there was like a TV timeout, an injury or like a I don't know, something else that, like, slowed... A penalty that just, like, slowed the game down every two minutes. I mean, that third quarter took so long. So long. The heat was so brutal. People were just, like, you know, going to the concourse to cool down. Wow. Like, it was just... It was bad. I mean, we... uh, 
it was bad. And, you know, just to, like, just have these I was reps. sitting at home just thinking, like, man, thank <laughs> God it's good weather for this Daxton Hill visit. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure, like, on the Michigan sideline, they had the shade. Yeah. But, I mean, where we were saying there was no shade. Gotcha. But the only thing I wanted to bring up about those pen, pen interference penalties, though, is refs obviously go back and review how the team has been refed in previous games. And I think when they review that film and they see – these defensive pass interference penalties getting called. I'm not sure if I'm getting too ahead of myself, but I feel like they're going to be like, man, this secondary, they just love to rough up these wide receivers and they're going to be more likely to call more. Yeah, we'll I'm see. not sure if that's true, but it's something that I'm worried about going into Big Ten season. Yeah. Um, anyway, last thing I want to talk about as far as game recap goes, uh, we already talked about Shea Patterson in the passing game. Shout out to Shea one more time. You look awesome. Thanks yeah, for being on our squad. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but... Running back-wise, obviously we didn't have Karan Higdon in the game. Did that just show to you that Karan is that much far ahead of Chris Evans? And So I think we have to, when we talk, so the answer is yes. I yeah. think he's that much far ahead of Chris Evans. But we also have to realize that Chris Evans is just a different back. Right. I Like, with the way True Wilson played, he played really well. I think I, that's, going back to what I said last week, I think he should get more touches. He should definitely get more touches. He should definitely Eden get more snaps on, you know, obvious third down passing where he stays in the back and just like blows up linebackers. By far a better blocker than Chris Evans. Oh, I think that's safe to say. I mean, Chris Evans got taken out of the game because <laughs> he had a block where he, I mean, I'm not joking. He just whiffed. whiffed. <laughs> and like you saw like Chris Evans just like jog off the field and like true Wilson come on the field. Right. So... Yeah, I mean, I think an obvious third down passing, I think you kind of have to put True in those situations. But that being said, I think you kind of now have to start doing more with Chris Evans. Like, he's shifty. Like, he had a couple of plays where he's like, whoop, and just like kind of, you know, like, yeah. I wouldn't say he took off. There was no, like, taking off in this game, except for that last one where he, like, kind of got injured. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But, um, yeah, it just I think I think Chris Evans... He is a good running back, but like you kind of have to like split him out, get him on jet sweeps, and kind of see what he can do. Yeah. Mike Onwenu said this week that Michigan has even showed half their offense. I don't know how much to believe on that, but like I don't I'm, know how much to believe on that. But either. I'm hoping that a lot of it, not a lot, but a lot, like some of it, has more Chris Evans involvement because he is talented. Well, I mean, just lining him up on like power back, you know, plays like third and one. I don't think is like using his talent appropriately. Right. That's true. But going back to what you said about Unwenu and his comments about the offense moving forward, um, I really hope that's true because I would say, I mean, I'm just a casual fan. I'm not a football coach, but I've watched our film, obviously, tons. Um, it seems like we run the same plays over and over again during right. Harbaugh's tenure. Like Even going back to when we had Eddie McDoom, mm-hmm. he would take those jet sweeps every single time right. yeah. and it seems like we were doing the same thing this year now with Ambry Thomas I mean it could not every single time he's done right. it, but he's done it twice now mm-hmm. and it seems like man if I was guarding number one I'm just gonna expect, expect him to ge- run yeah. across the field and and get that jet sweep and it's just like yeah. even when we had remember I remember when we had Jabril Peppers back in the day like it was like whenever he was same like things. playing wildcat wildcat pep he would just like take the ball and just like you know run it off tackle like yeah fake like, the pass yeah, no fake, one expected pass never pass the ball it's <laughs> yeah. like you know I remember when we were like heading later into the air it's like okay we're gonna play Ohio State like this is the game where Jabril throws the ball like right. no he just like 
did his run for nothing. <laughs> but he did get a pick that game. <laughs> yeah, he did. Was, I think that was his only pick. Only pick at Michigan. <laughs> but he got it over against OSU. So yeah. shout out to Jabril. Yeah, shout out to Jabril. Um, all right, let's keep it moving. We're going around the Big Ten. Oh, wait. A couple things I wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah. Number one, Quinn Nordine's field goal. Shout out to him to get him back on track. That field goal good, looked good <laughs> from like 60. We were like, I think that the whole stadium was like, whoa. There's <laughs> like, awesome pictures like, of it being posted on Twitter about it literally being above yeah. the field goal post, and he kicked mm-hmm. it from 40 plus. So. Yeah, so I mean, he's got the he's got the leg. It's you know maybe just getting that accuracy on hold. All about the accuracy. And if then, he gets it accurate, it's yeah. not gonna be short. <laughs> yeah, and then we kind of touched on this a little earlier, but like looking at that running back rotation, hopefully Kron Higdon can come back. I hope they don't rush him. I mean, it doesn't look like Nebraska is like a great team. So, I mean, I'm assuming we can win without him. True Wilson looks like he can kind of semi-play that powerish back role. Like uh, Chris Evans, a lot of people in the stadium thought it was like a cramp. To me, it kind of looked like a hamstring issue because like yeah. he kind of grabbed the back yep. of his thigh. I agree. Um, so, I mean, if that's a hamstring issue, I'm assuming that's he's Not probably going to be out this week, maybe next week. But, like, you know, kind of want to be – uh, firing on all cylinders for that Wisconsin game. Pen- what if Northwestern this is the true t- Wilson every down back game? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, Northwestern looks horrible. Uh, Nebraska looks horrible. Hassan Haskins, no, sorry, not Hassan Haskins. Amari Samuels had two good runs. I mean, obviously, right at the end of the game, SMU was gassed. But it, it's going to be interesting to see how our running back rotation looks the next two games. I agree, but, I mean, we'll get to this at the end of the pod again. But shout out to dedicated friend of the pod ryan from grand rapids he was saying how this next game is kind of like a trap game we're all expecting For them sure. north what north nebraska being zero and two missed the first game obviously um they're zero and two and oh everybody expects michigan's got to win this game it's right. a big 10 game that's against a horrible team new mm-hmm. head coach they don't know what the hell is going on but if their quarterback comes back adrian martinez right then who knows? That guy looks good, and yeah. that could be a trap game if Michigan doesn't mm-hmm. come out ready to yeah. play against a, no, a possible mobile right. quarterback, which has been our Achilles heel for yeah. a long it's time. The, and it, that's one thing we should talk about is the mobile quarterback game because Brandon Wimbush killed us. Yep. Um, the second half of the game, SMU had a mobile quarterback. You know, we'd get in these like weird third and longs, and we were joking like towards the end of the game, like when SMU would get in the third and long, we'd be like, ha right where they want us. And it's like, <laughs> and then they just convert every time. Where we'd be like, what is going on? <laughs> like this defense was, I think last year they were the best at like third down, uh, getting off the field. getting off the field in third downs. So it's just like some like they're so good on first and second down, and then third down they just kind of like break down i mean they're still good so like hopefully um like hopefully they can like flip a switch like during big 10 season and start you know converting on or stop people from converting on those third downs yeah um all right you done with your game recap stuff done with my game recap all right recap is complete keep it moving we're going to talk about around the big 10 I mean, we already alluded to it at the beginning of the pod. It was bad. (laughs) The Big Ten looked (laughs) bad. But, I mean, relative to us, I guess it looks a little bit better for us that we came out with a win. But, um, I mean, let's just go down the board. Let's talk about Northwestern. We're going to be playing them in a couple weeks. So, uh, otherwise, I probably wouldn't talk about Northwestern. But, man, we were hoping they were going to go into that game ranked. And we yep. can beat a ranked team on the road, but not only did they lose last week to Duke, they come up with another L Against to Akron. Akron, who hadn't beaten a Big Ten team in over 100 years. 
and and it was so funny because like I did actually not know that. the last we were watching this game at the bar while we were watching this Ohio State game. Right. And Akron did something stupid at the end of the game where like Northwestern actually like could have like they had a hail they had a legit hail mary chance. It wasn't even a hail mary. I think they threw from like the thirty or thirty five yard line to like win the game. They didn't convert, but it's like you beat Purdue because Purdue had a silly roughing the passer right. call. I mean, obviously, Northwestern was still up, still driving. You got destroyed by Duke. You lost to a MAC team who hadn't beaten a team in 100 years. I mean, that's... Right. And, and Northwestern had a big lead, so they had a lot to overcome in that game. So maybe if they didn't have that lead, they wouldn't have done that. But anyway, let's keep it moving. Around the Big Ten, who do you want to talk about next? Let's talk about Wisconsin. <laughs> team coming up on the schedule after the Northwestern game. Another team we thought would be ranked, obviously. Well, I mean, they're still ranked. They're still but, be ranked. Yeah. But they came up with the L against BYU in Wisconsin, in and Wisconsin. and that looked bad. I mean, that. now I'm kind of thinking about our schedule. Okay, obviously preseason, our season schedule was ranked one of the top toughest in right. the whole country. Now we got Northwestern coming off with losses. We got Wisconsin coming off a loss. We are going to play Michigan State, who's got a loss. We're going to play Penn State, who almost lost to App State. And Ohio State. I mean, they still Ohio look like Ohio State. Looks so but I feel like the rest of our schedule is going to become like a ton of trap yeah. games because now all these teams are coming up with L's, right. and we should beat Ru- these teams. Rutgers looks – I mean, <laughs> Rutgers obviously played at the end of the year. But, like, this is funny, but Rutgers is not favored to win against a MAC team – and Rutgers is playing at home. I mean, granted, it's Buffalo, and I, I believe Buffalo is probably the best team in the MAC this year. But how is a Big Ten team not favored to beat a MAC team at home? That is wild. That is wild. Uh, all right, let's keep it moving around the Big Ten. Uh, who else is there to talk Nebraska about? Nebraska lost to Troy. Nebraska lost to Troy. Okay, let's they go down. So they didn't have Adrian Martinez. Um, Troy is probably a decent team. I believe Troy beat LSU last year, so it's not like they're a bad team. But like again, it was in Lincoln. You're a Big Ten team playing against a non-power five school. You should come out with the W. Right. I mean, let's just look at Michigan's next four games. I told Samir this before we recorded the pod, so the news has been broken for us. <laughs> but Michigan's next four games: one versus Nebraska, they lost to Troy on Saturday. Two at Northwestern, they lost to Akron on Saturday. Three versus Maryland, they lost to Temple on Saturday. Four versus Wisconsin, they lost to BYU on Saturday. This is pre-Big Ten schedule, and Big yeah. Ten's coming up with L's. Our next L's four games all took board. an L. Yeah, That is crazy. Yeah. I mean, the Big Ten was always a top-heavy conference when you had Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, <laughs> But Michigan Wisconsin's State, in that group. And Michigan all like in the top 25. But now, I mean, Wisconsin lost, Michigan State lost. I mean, Michigan's lost two, albeit two out of those three, probably the best opponent on the road. But, I mean, the Big Ten isn't looking. And Penn State, like, nearly lost to App State. I mean, the Big Ten isn't looking great. Isn't looking great. But let's switch the tide. Stay in the Big Ten. You want to know who is looking great? Who is looking great? Ohio State. Man. Damn. They look out. 
stand. Yeah, and, you know, and then that that game against TCU straight up looked like a playoff game. That's what a lot of people yeah. were saying. That's what I thought too. I thought the talent level on both sides of that game, including TCU, looked really good. Yeah. TCU wide receivers were making sick, sick. catches. Yeah, it in didn't, tight space. Yeah, it did not look like Ohio State's. If there's a weak, if there's a weakness in Ohio State's defense, it is. By far and away, they're secondary. I mean, which is crazy because they know. recruit like oh, hell yeah. and they at sent, the DB I mean, spot. they've sent like six players to the NFL in the past few years, like all in the first or second round. I mean, they have talent. They reload on talent, but man, they just did not look good. Right. But I mean, I will say one thing about Ohio State. Like a lot of people are like, oh well, there was only like you know a five minute stretch where like Ohio State dominated. I think it was like that's in- Samir's Twitter idiot impression. <laughs> it was like I think it was like four minutes. Ohio State scored twenty points. But like to be a good team, you got to capitalize on those opportunities. You know, right. it was like that play where I think Ohio State went up, TCU tried to do that backwards pass um, off the kickoff. The pass actually went forward, so then they had, they were backed up. They tried a stupid shuttle pass. Ohio State caught it running back for a touchdown, missed block punt, which was like a yeah. drop punt by the kicker. I mean, it was like all these mistakes, like in a short period of time, that just like kind of derailed. TCU. I mean, I still think Ohio State would have won. They're just, you know, too talented. They're but, so talented. I mean, with the emergence of DPJ, with Nico Collins playing well. One thing, person we didn't talk about was Zach Gentry. I mean, he had like 95 yards, so... Let's talk about Zach Gentry. Going back to my <laughs> sideline reaction of that dude and how imposing he looks on the sideline. Yeah. That's exactly what I wanted to see. Let's yeah. use this dude like our own Jimmy Graham before he puts up ridiculous numbers at the Combine next year. I know. He looks jacked, and I'm happy he got his his due touches. Yeah. He looked really good he on those. And he's good. just a massive target. Yeah, he's 6'8". Quarterback's he's, dream he, there. I mean, it's like if you're going to keep him within like 5 to 10 yards, it's like who's going to cover him, a linebacker? Like, <laughs> right. They can't. They so, can't. I mean, Che is a nice outlet over there, and he needs to get more involved for sure word all right let's keep it moving we're done talking about the big 10 final second of the pod recurrent segment of the pod that all our dedicated followers keep asking us to redo we're doing real talk or overreaction we say a statement we say if it's we think it's real talk we say if we think it's overreaction let's revisit some of the ones we did last time samir what do you got okay so the revisits we're gonna do we're gonna do three so we're gonna have one more loss before OSU. Okay, so last week I went on a stupid 90-second rant. I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe it is. Uh, yeah. I don't know. And Sean's I said... Twitter voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then I ended up saying I think that's real talk. Right now, again, I already said earlier in the pod, our middle of the schedule that we thought was supposed to be really tough doesn't look as tough, but I'm not sure about our team. I mean, just in general, my reaction from that SMU game wasn't satisfaction like oh we beat this team by 20 plus points it was man our defense gave up 20 to smu and we just didn't look good from start to finish and our o-line in particular we talk about our o-line every week because we have to it looked concerning as hell the defensive line of smu was getting constant pressure on our passing downs and it was so frustrating so i'm gonna have to reverse that i think that's an overreaction i think we get a couple losses in the middle of the schedule which is so disappointing if that really happens. So but I'm, I'm talking about well, two more losses in addition to Notre Dame, in addition to potentially losing to Ohio State. So, right. so I'm actually going to say one loss seems pretty perfect. Um, so you think it's real talk? I think it's real talk just because um, I'm concerned about 
that playing I, I believe there's a bye week in there when we play Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State. But what I'm concerned about the most is we play Lewerke and Trace McSorley back to back. Right. I don't I, again I don't know if there's a bye week in there. It might be. I know there's a bye week in that three week stretch. But again, Lewerke's not that mobile, but he's mobile enough where it could hurt us. And Trace McSorley is mobile. That offense is firing on all cylinders, as much so as Michigan, probably even more. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can't contain mobile quarterbacks, I just don't see how you're going to contain Trace McSorley. Right. Um, and the interesting thing is, like, our defense doesn't look as good as we predicted they would at the start of the season. Right. But honestly, I think when what I was makes given up, A pluses across <laughs> the board, what, what I think what makes up for it is even though our O line sucks, our quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end play has been better, I think, than we expected. Kind of all radiates from the quarterback position, but I mean, hopefully that can like carry us through some games. That's the thing that makes me so hopeful and so excited and so thankful we have Shea as our quarterback. Mm-hmm. When you have these deficits, the thing that can kind of salvage you out of those games, those right. broken games, is a quarterback. And mm-hmm. we had a, obviously a close game against Michigan State last year. Couldn't get the job done at quarterback. We had a close game. Could have won the game uh, on our final drive against Ohio State last year. Didn't have a quarterback. Right. And and obviously our offensive line wasn't good last year either. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you have a difference maker at that position, I mean, fingers yeah. crossed. Okay, next one. Uh, a wi- our wide receiving core will have more than 15 touchdowns this year. I said a real talk. I'm going to flex my muscles on this one. Well, I think we're on the way to over 15. We're only a quarter of the way through the season, the regular season. Six. And we have six. We double our total from last week. I was hoping for three more. Shout out to DBJ one more yeah. time. <laughs> I think we should put this one on pause for next week's pod, but then revisit it when we're done with Northwestern and uh, yeah, and I mean, Nebraska, we'll kind of rack out those touchdowns because then we enter that brutal stretch. Unless we get uh, nine passing touchdowns against Nebraska. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, let's the, keep it moving. The next one is there's going to be a different offensive line starting in November. At least one different offensive line player. Uh, yeah, I'm still thinking that's real talk. Yeah. We, we didn't – that was the shameful thing we didn't see last week. We were obviously hopeful – that SMU, another cupcake game, let's blow them out. Let's get our rotation in and see what's right. going on with mm-hmm. True Wilson some more, yeah. James Hudson some more, uh, Jalen Mayfield some more. Right. And we didn't get a lot of that or any of that because... You got no offensive line rotation. Yeah, because we the game was too close, which yeah. is such a shame. So I'm still going to say real talk, but man... If James Hudson was be, would have been able to get in there and yeah. show his worth against the starting SMU defensive line that would just work in our O line, mm-hmm. I think that would have been big. Yeah, but the I one still thing, say real talk. Exactly. And the one thing that I'm like really surprised about is like when when we played last week, Mayfield was on the left, Hudson was on the right. I'm surprised that Hudson's not on the left. I feel like Runyon being the left. I mean, left tackle is obviously harder to play than right tackle, but it seems like left tackle is like the weaker link. I and it seems like. Physically, James Hudson's more ready to play than Mayfield. So if that's like the tougher spot, I wonder if if one offensive line was to go down, I wonder if James Hudson would take that spot over Jalen Mayfield. I don't know so the answer to that. I'm going to agree with you, and I'm going to disagree with you. I agree with you that left tackle is a more important spot, and if we think James Hudson is the better guy to come in uh, – 
it would be nice if he could be a fit in there. But I'm going to disagree with you saying I think he should play on the left. In terms of his his shape and his power and his ability to shift laterally against the quicker defensive ends on the left side, I'm not sure if he can do that. I think his body type is more fitting for the right side. Right. And Jalen Mayfield is like a taller, leaner dude who can probably fit in nicely on the left. As far as this year goes, I don't know how it's going to work out. That's why I'm kind of just scared. <laughs> but, yeah. Scared is the right word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, I don't necessarily know much about like, the defensive ends we're going to face. I obviously know about Nick Bosa from right. Ohio State. So, we've got a lot of time to figure that out. But I'll put it this way. I don't think anyone's going to actually figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> true that. All right. True let's, Wilson that. True Wilson that. I, I like that. Um, let's keep it moving. Talk about some new real talks and overreactions heading into the Nebraska game. All right. Real talk. Or overreaction, Michigan fails to allow less than 10 points the rest of the year. I think that is an overreaction. Ooh. And the reason why I say that is I'm not going to like toot our defense's horn, but we do play some a, bad teams. We play some bad. T- I mean, North, Northwestern's bad. Uh, I mean, they can, but they don't. I mean, Northwestern scored seven points against Duke. <laughs> And they were at home too. Right. I mean, I, I predict let's we'll I'll keep my Northwestern Stadium uh prediction for next week's pod. Look out for that. But <laughs> um I, I mean we play Nebraska, Nebraska doesn't look good. Rutgers, you mentioned earlier, is a They never look good. <laughs> they're, they're a dog at home against a Mac team. Like I think there are opportunities for our defense to just kind of shine. Right. I'm gonna say overreaction as well, but I still just going to reiterate, I don't think our defense looks as good as I think thought we thought they would be, which is kind of disheartening. But, yeah, I think we'll uh, let up less than double digits this year. And, and yeah, let's yeah. keep it moving. But the one thing I do want to answer that is with Shea Patterson, a quarterback, and a more succinct offense, I don't think our defense needs to be as good as it was last year. Right. So that's one thing that I guess they got going for them. That's true. All right, let's keep it moving. One last real talk or overreaction the Big Ten is bad. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with overreaction on that one. I did not expect you to say that. Okay, and we put up a lot of L's last week, like we already we said. We did put up a lot of L's, um, but I think, and I could be wrong, but I think that you know Wisconsin's probably gonna run the table. I think that okay. Penn State, I mean, Penn State looks good. They obviously have to play. They do. Penn State has to play Michigan State, Ohio State, and us. They'd play us on, they'd play us when we're home. I don't know if they play Wisconsin, but again, Penn State looks like a good team. Ohio State is Ohio State. I mean, if you get three to four teams in the top 25, that's still a good team. The bottom of our league is absolute garbage. Okay, so you, you cleverly finagled your way in saying, basically you think the top four teams in our league are not bad. So therefore the big 10, which is the only teams you really care about really are the big 10. Therefore is not bad. Right. Exactly. That's fair. Yeah. The bottom is bad. The that's, bottom is bad. <laughs> that's a given. I think that's straight up real talk. Yeah. The bottom is bad. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. Uh, I think the top heavy, the top half would be not so bad. Um, but, I mean, it'll be interesting. We're getting into Big Ten season now. The best – we're just going to be beating up on each other. So, the best yeah. way we're really going to see the answer to this question That's is true. back in the bowl game. So, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you and say the Big Ten yeah. is not that bad, at mm-hmm. least at the top. 
All right. We had a breaking news segment about the quarterbacks last week and what I saw on the Michigan sideline. Didn't expect to have a breaking news segment on the Galati Pod in week four of the Michigan football series. But I didn't want to talk about this guy because I didn't want to get into recruiting on the Galati Pod. Whoa! Did you just open it? I just saw it. Because I didn't want to talk about, oh, maybe this guy, and this is what happened on his visit. That would just get into a whole loop of nonsense. But I already mentioned him earlier on the pod. Daxon Hill was here on his visit. The five-star safety from Oklahoma. He was highly considering Michigan. He was highly considering Alabama. I was thinking he was probably leaning Michigan just because I heard him say how close he is to other recruits. He was on his visit at Michigan. Shout out to the weather gods for giving us some nice weather for Dax at his Michigan visit. But he was here on his visit. Cade McNamara was there. Some other Michigan commits were there. And breaking news, Pod week four, Daxon Hill officially committed to the University of Michigan. Damn. I am so pumped. I mean, I wish this guy could just hop on the field right now. I mean, <laughs> he probably can't. We have we have good safeties. Let's not trash our safeties. I mean, but. I think he probably could start year <laughs> one. But, man, shout out to Dax. That's an awesome commit. He's going to be a dedicated follower of the pod in new, due yeah. time. We'll, we'll tweet him the pod. <laughs> we'll tweet him the pod. Shout out to Dax. Breaking news on Galati Pod. You heard it here first. We'll post this rapidly so you can get the news. All right. Man, shout out to Dax. That's an awesome, Dude. awesome... I know people trashed our recruiting last year. I mean, it was definitely a down year, but like, good to see we're uh, we're back in, you know, getting five stars. Hopefully, we can pull one of those freaking five star offensive tackles from Michigan, uh, Devontae Dobbs or Logan Brown. Probably not going to happen, but man, if we can get one of them, I think we're good. Word. All right. Enough talk about recruits, especially the ones that haven't committed to Michigan. All right, let's end it out with our rap outro, also known as the Nebraska Minute. Here we have this week some tunes from Tupac. There we go. All right, any thoughts about Nebraska? Um, yeah, let's see what uh, Adrian Martinez plays. If he doesn't play, I think Michigan can probably hold Nebraska to less than 10 points. I agree. I think I kind of want to have a Michigan segment next week. Maybe I'll do some in-person interviews. Hey, do you know who's playing quarterback for Nebraska? Is it Taylor Martinez? Is it Adrian Martinez? And are they brothers? No, they are not. (laughs) I looked it up because I was confused earlier. Well, guess what? We're going to have Sean Galati live from Ann Arbor. We're not over-promising. We might have Sean Galati live from Ann Arbor. (laughs) And if we don't have Sean Galati live from Ann Arbor, the week after that, we'll have Samir DaCosta and And Sean Galati Galati live. Live from Evanston. Yeah, we're traveling to an away game. I mean, it's kind of close to both of us. But we're traveling to an away game. We got to give the people what they want. Your co-hosts, Sean Galati, Samir DaCosta, are going to games repeatedly now. We went to, I went to, S, to, I went to Western Michigan. Samir went to SMU. SMU. I'm going to Nebraska. We're both going, going to, to Western. Western. And now I am committed to going to Wisconsin as well. Oh, my God. You heard it here first. We're getting recurrent attendance on the Galati pod. Uh, shout out to all our followers out there. We just posted to Apple Pods this week, getting a lot of good feedback. Shout out to all of our subscribers. And thanks for all the feedback. Yeah. If you wanna, if you wanna get on the pod, if you wanna be a friend of the pod, tweet at us at Galati Pod, G U L A T I Pod. 
Download the pod, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a five-star review, do everything. (laughs) And one thing, if you do that, I promise you, I have a chill weekend this weekend. I'm going to personally re-watch the Michigan-Nebraska game and break down all the positions I can that is an exclusive special <laughs> just for our listeners. Just just for our listeners. All right, we'll go ahead and end the pod right there. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Peace out.